Welcome to Talkin' Turns with Lacey and George, where we take turns talking and the talk takes a turn. I'm George Knapp. And I'm Lacey Polka Dot Princess Atkinson. Just a friendly reminder, this podcast contains mature content, adult themes, language, and George who has no filter. So get those youngsters out of the room or choose not to listen yourself if you find adult language offensive. This podcast is intended for adults only. Hello, friends. This is Lacey, and I am talking with George today. We're going to do a little background information, a little bio on him. I'm going to ask him some questions. I'm not going to lie to you. I've asked George some of these questions before, so... He might be a little more prepared than I anticipated, but we're going to see where it goes. And it should be interesting because I'm going to ask him in a little different order and we'll see what kind of answers we get. First of all, George, what is your favorite color and why? Well, it's what I call true blue. It's kind of the color of the afternoon sky. and That sounds like a rom-com, George. True blue? Yeah. I think it's a cop show, isn't it? Yeah, like romantic comedy. I know, but isn't it a, actually a cop show? Oh, I don't know. True Blue? The Color of the Evening Sky. No, The Late Afternoon late Sky. Late Afternoon Sky. Get your time frames right. Okay. Is that, is that while you're so walking like a, on the beach or while you're... Holding my own hand. Holding yeah. your own hand. Giving yeah. yourself hugs in the backyard. Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. So I'm doing all that, and I'm looking up at the sky, and it's this nice kind of deepish blue, but it's not navy, and it's not... It's not robin egg. It's not, you know, it's in between. What I call kind of like true bright. So I like true blue. And the reason I do is because I look at all the other colors and my brain tells me that's my favorite. I have no idea why I like it. I mean, there's no why. There just is. It's like people like certain types of music. People like certain types of shapes and textures. And I just like that color. It really Mm -hmm. always makes me happy. And I find it the most appealing of all the colors. Well, that's fascinating, George. Maybe a little boring, too, so I'm going to ask you another question. Okay. What is your spirit animal and why? Black cats. And I say black specifically because full black cats, like full on, no spots, nothing, not even like a hint of gray. Like Halloween, scary as hell. No, not really. And that's the point. So the reason, yes, for a reason, the reason is... Because cats act like they're indifferent. Cats, uh, black cats have a stigma attached to them that is not uh, nice, but people seek them out. They're popular. So I like the idea that um, I'm not what I appear to be. And I like the idea that I can be very loving and cuddly, like a black cat that I used to have that was my favorite pet I've ever, ever had. And I was absolutely devastated when he passed away. And um, George has a heart. Yes, I do. And um, so black cats, they're not what you think they are. They can be lovable. They can not always be indifferent, but they can definitely turn on that gene. And uh, so can I. So so they also have claws. Oh, absolutely. They can attack your ass. Yeah, they can attack your ass with claws and teeth. Just like George. Claws and teeth. Black cat is my spirit animal. You haven't seen them come at me yet in these podcasts, George's claws and teeth, but I have a feeling that... Maybe in later episodes they may. He may have some claws and teeth coming out. Probably when we talk about religion. So that brings me to my next question. George, I want you to give me just a couple sentences 
I like how you. I like how you said that. Just a couple sentences. Don't make it long. Don't put me to sleep. Give me a couple sentences on the purpose of life. Purpose of life is to live. Every living creature that we are aware of lives. It creates. So hard right now. What? George is thinking so hard. (laughs) No, I'm just trying to. His eyes are shooting back and forth. He's taking deep breaths. He's trying to come up it's with like a good a, It's like a play-by-play. No, this is a good answer. I've thought of this okay. a lot. So I'm just trying to recall my my thinking so that I clearly express my philosophy in, in a consistent it. manner. Okay. I would condense it if you would let me talk. Okay. I would have been done. <laughs> in fact, I would have been yes. done by now. Okay. okay. The purpose of life is to live. So all the creatures that we're aware of, uh, plants and animals, bacteria, others, they basically live. They somehow find energy, food, as most people would call it. Um, They convert that food into energy and use it, and they live. Most of them reproduce in one form or another, whether it's with themselves or with others. And they live, and then they die. So that is exactly the purpose of life, is to live. Because we're here for that very reason. The universe allowed us to be created during its unfolding, and our purpose is to live. Straight from the Book of George. That's what we're going to End call of story. It. Was that End short enough? Story. I like it. Okay. It was It was short enough. Like, I was, I was really kind of proud at how you answered that um, fairly quickly. I mean, it was, I almost fell asleep near the end, but mostly stayed awake. So, I'm going to ask you this one. Your family history. Tell me the exciting parts. Um, there was nothing exciting about my family. Um, but there were some things that definitely had an impact on my life. Okay, tell me those. So I was born in Wheeling, West Virginia, and uh, I grew up in Canton, Ohio. So I was around uh, a lot of different types of people, a lot of manufacturing, industrial types, coal miners. My dad worked for a power company. Um, Not a very green family in that sense. I mean, lots of coal being dug, lots of coal being burnt. Very, I would say, lower middle class. We weren't poor, but we didn't have anything excess. I mean, we didn't get cable when everybody else got cable. We still had a black and white TV when most people had to call her. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it is what it is. Right. I had to buy my own car. I had to pay for most of my own college, blah, blah, blah. It shaped who you um, are. So, yeah, it did. So that's why I'm trying to say this stuff. Um, in addition, I had two older sisters that were considerably older than me. Who whooped your ass into shape, I bet. No, not at all. The one completely ignored me. <laughs> and uh, the other one contracted meningitis when she was a year old. Ooh. And it had a profound impact on her life as well as the life of everyone in our family. She spent... Uh, Months and months every year in the hospital for the first probably 13 or 14 years of her life. Wow. And um, that was devastating in some ways. It was um, enlightening to me. Um, I remember the last time I saw her in a coma, and it was um, the summer after my freshman year in college. And I was struggling in college, mostly because I was drinking and chasing tail too much. And I wasn't applying myself. And up until that point, I had gotten really good grades. I got a bunch of scholarships. I was told I was smart, blah, blah, blah. I was in a very competitive program in college. And I was struggling socially, awkward, um, intellectually struggling for the first time in my life. And I was thinking about dropping out. I was thinking about all kinds of things. And I sat next to her bedside overnight to give my parents a break and watched her struggle just to stay alive. And I thought, well, I'm pretty much a pussy. Um... Here she is. She's had this horrible life, what I consider to be a horrible life. She thinks it's been a great life. She's still alive today. It really made a difference. And I left my turn when my parents came 
and went out to the parking lot of the hospital and I sat down against a concrete pole um, pillar and I cried for about 45 minutes because I just couldn't believe um, the struggle that Very she fun. was going through and what a wimp I was and I went back to school and I started kicking ass and taking names and it changed my life. It's hard for me to imagine you not kicking ass and taking names. So, um, you know, that it kind of surprises me that you ever were not that way and that you did have this moment. And I'm glad to learn this about you. And I'm about to cry because it was so sweet that this moment really changed you. And and I thank you for sharing that with us. Um, I'm going to ask you another question that's going to kind of lighten things up a little bit. I sure hope so. Um, yeah, because George is about to make me cry because you guys, he sounds rough sometimes. Okay, he's not going to say that he sounds rough, but he's just really a big softie. Um, I'm going to ask him a question that we both laugh about. George, if you were a cheeseburger, what part of the cheeseburger would you be and why? Well, the first time she asked me this question, there's going to be an outtake posted later about this. And it's funny as hell if you ask me, but nobody's going to ask me. You can decide for yourself. For the, she said, what's your favorite part of the cheeseburger? But I'll take it from the cheeseburger's perspective. That's an interesting turn. The cheeseburger. You know? But it's, the answer is still the same, the grease. Okay. <laughs> so the deal is the grease is what most food, especially meat, and I love meat, and cheeseburgers especially, is all about the grease. So the grease is where you get the flavor. If the meat's dry, it tastes like cardboard. The bun is there for one and only one reason, and that is to contain the grease. So that any grease that happens to escape the burger – it gets captured by the bun, and that flavor is still there. The cheese has fat in it as well, which kind of adds to the greasy mix. So it's all about the fat. It's all about the grease. That's where the flavor comes from. Grease is the word, and I hate the movie. Don't go down that path because we don't have time on the podcast the for all that. that you heard. Um, so not ketchup or mustard or pickles or any of those no. other? No. Condiments are just any kind of condiment on any food is just a way to mask the true flavor. Like when I see somebody put sauce on steak, like a really nice steak, yeah. it makes me want to just slap the crap out of them because a really nice steak should be eaten as is because it should have so much freaking flavor. That cow busted its ass for 21 months eating grass, standing out in the field all day for you to, take for it you to eat the shit out of that meat, man. And uh, so I, mean, I mean, that cow was designed hundreds, if not maybe thousands of years ago for that purpose to taste good and you're fucking putting sauce on it, seriously, if I was that cow's mom, I'd come and kick your ass, except I've already been butchered before the cow was, so I can't do that. But so from the book of George, we're saying don't respect be a the condiment. cow. Don't be a condiment. Be the beef. Yes. Be the grease. Be the grease. From be the all about the grease. Okay. So next question is um, just tell me a few places that you have traveled and how those travels impacted you, not impacted you. Let's hope you did not get an impaction. Although some people do when they travel, speaking as your uh, friendly neighborhood nurse. Um, I did break an, an ankle in El Paso once in a car accident. Okay. But that was just... Make sure you get lots of hydration whenever you travel <clears throat> or else you will become impacted. But anyway, <clears throat> George, where have you traveled and what kind of impact have those travels had on your life? I've traveled a lot of places. I've traveled uh, a little bit to Asia, um, Japan, New Zealand now, uh, recently, um, South Korea for five minutes. Um, I've traveled extensively in Europe, pretty much every country in Europe, except for um, Spain, Italy, and Greece, which some people would say, well, that's not every country, but okay, well, screw you. 
and uh, never been to the continent of Africa. I want to badly go to the continent of Africa. Have not. Been when we become s- famous in the podcast. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm sure Africans are going to just love this podcast. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get invited by the crown something of something or the president. Hopefully, it's a democracy of some country. But yeah, I would like to go to Af- like real Africa, not like northern northern Africa, which doesn't isn't saying it's not real. But I'm talking like you know, deep in the heart of type. Okay. Um. Anyway, I've been to um, Argentina and Peru and South America. Been all over Mexico. Used to work a lot in Mexico. Love Mexico, Scandinavia, um, Western Europe, Germany, Denmark, um, Belgium, France, Sweden, obviously the UK, Ireland. Have not been to Scotland or Wales, even though I've tried on many occasions. I've been thwarted by a, a lot of different events. I will definitely make it to Scotland and Wales at some point. To shorten all that up, what have I learned or what have I taken away? All people are exactly the same. What? So, what? Yeah. So all people are exactly the same. Language, religion, skin tone, customs, those things are all just superficial, meaningless. It's kind of like I also, when I was in college, my electives, I took a lot of uh, ancient literature was one of my uh, classical. It's called classical, not ancient literature. as my electives. Hang on. Okay. So, you know, they told fart jokes like 2,800 years ago. (laughs) Right. What? They told That's sex. They told sex jokes like twenty eight hundred years ago. So people think, well, twenty eight hundred years ago, people didn't write. Well, they did, like and Sanskrit people didn't, and, t- and didn't, and people didn't, didn't laugh at silly things and poop and whatever. And they did. And um, it's the same thing when you travel the world. People la- love to laugh. They laugh about different things because a lot of comedy has um, cultural context. Right. So you know. But um, they love to laugh. They all people want. People don't want war. They don't want dominance. They don't. You know what people want? They don't even want wealth necessarily. What people want is security for themselves and their family, and they want to be left the fuck alone. Really? If I say it in one sentence, and I'll say it again, people want security for themselves and their family, and they want to be left the fuck alone. Hmm. That's what people want. Okay, another book of George piece of knowledge um what is a life goal that you have george to have an award-winning podcast yes i think you will okay we'll skip past that one and not get quite as deep into it um i want you to tell me about your favorite hobby or hobbies reading i would have to say at the end of the day is my favorite reading and writing so um any specific genre I like um, everything from nonfiction to super weird fiction to pretty much, I will read almost anything except like uh, the kind of girly vampire shit. You know, like, I mean, I like vampire shit, don't get me wrong. The but like the girly kind or whatever. No offense to one of our friends who's a young adult author. That's not my genre. <laughs> um, I'm neither young or an adult, so it, it does not apply to me. Yeah, I like to read. I, I read everything from philosophy um, books, literal books, um, to physics, literal books, textbooks, to just whacked out weird science fiction and stuff about magic. There's this whole series about this one wizard that lives in Chicago. It's completely inane, and the first couple books weren't very well written, but then he became a much better writer as he went along. And I've, writ- I've read about eight or nine of his books. They're awesome. They're funny. They're cute. So, yeah, everything from... A freaking, you know, textbook on something I'm interested in all the way through to just complete trash. So when do you find the time to do this in your day? Uh, Evenings and weekends. 
I mean, I work, I'm, I've, I've been a workaholic kind of person most of my life. I've been trying to cut my hours back as much as possible, but I still, you know, I get up at 5.30 or so in the morning. I get home on a good day. I get home at 3 o'clock. On a bad day, I get home at never o'clock. I just, I just work it in between the five kids and five grandkids. And That's what I was going to say. Um, you are a kick-ass grandparent. And, and, and um, the podcast and, and carrying you on this thing, this project, <laughs> um, um, you know, and stressing out about it being perfect and everybody telling me it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah, I got a lot going on. But uh, I just I just do it. I mean, you make it to ball games, and you have craft night with your grandkids. I think that's pretty impressive. My daughter, you know, she she reminds me and even hounds me sometimes about the ball games, which I don't mind a little bit of hounding. It, that's I, I need it. Andrea definitely is the one that sets up the craft nights. I just participate. I mean, I I I just show up. Well, you look great in the pictures participating. I mean, you yeah. look like you're all in. Whenever they're here, you're all in. Oh yeah, I like to I like to pretend. 100%. I still like to pretend, and I think that pretending is part of learning. And I think that um, for some reason, when we be, we when we become adults, we think it's childish to act like a child. And I think that's the most ridiculous thing in the world. I think people should be curious. They should be curious about politics and religion and and science. Why? Because it matters. And I think they should be curious about it because why do we have to lose that? I mean, that's just dumb. Right. I agree. I'm going to ask you one more question, and it'll be my final question of this interview. So you can make it as long as you would like it to be. I would like you to tell me what are you most grateful for in your life and why? Wow. Most grateful for. So I have to pick one by definition. I have to pick well, one. I mean, it depends on what kind of time frame you want for this, George. It can be several things or it can be... You well, you know, said most, and so, okay. Um, and it could be your three most grateful, you know. Well, I think... I'm kind of take a step back Absolutely. and explain my favorite holiday of the year. And I'm an atheist. So people find this interesting. Unless you're an atheist, then you totally get it. My favorite holiday of the year is without question, Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Without a doubt, Thanksgiving. And the reason being is I honestly believe that we should all take a day to reflect and think about the things that we appreciate. And it doesn't mean they have to come from a deity or from a certain lifestyle or it's just that things like being born in the United States, as, as screwed up as the U.S. is right now, it's still a very safe and free place. I mean, you can walk anywhere, do anything, say anything, and for the most part, not get in too much trouble. And um, that's other, something else I've learned about traveling in the world. I mean, you know, it's different here. It is different here. Like we take um, it for granted. And we so take it for granted. And most Citizens of most other countries have a passport, and they've been other places, and most Americans don't have a passport and don't go to other places. And I think that's shameful because you're missing an opportunity to realize just how fucking amazing it is. I mean, all of North America is great. And then you go, you know, we're insulated by these oceans. So we have this unbelievable vast amount of land. Europe is so crammed. I mean, people on top of each other. And they have no land, and they all left there to come here, you know. I mean, not all, obviously, because they're still full of people. But people, most of the people that are here came from primarily Europe originally. And, um, you know, it's crazy. It's absolutely insane how different the world is and how people have no clue. The freedom, the freedom of access to things, the freedom to walk around, the freedom to go places, the limited number of CCTV cameras. It's extremely limited. I mean, they just come out recently in the U.S. People are freaking out about privacy and all this kind of crap. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. They've had them in England for 20 years. 
you know, and they're everywhere. They're literally everywhere. Yeah, I'm kind of passionate about this, but you're, you're um, thankful for I'm freedom. thankful that I was born in a time in the early 60s where I got to experience all the horrors of the change that was going on in the 60s without actually having to participate. I, I got to see the space program. That's why I'm an engineer completely and totally and utterly. And almost everybody that's an engineer my age will say this 100% due to the space program. And when people yeah. say, I think we waste money going to space, it's like, no, 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 no. So many things that we take for granted were invented because of the space program. So many people have been motivated to do what they do in life because of the space program. For those reasons alone, forget the exploration factor. Forget maybe we'll solve some problem. Just the, it's just, it's unmeasurable, un the payback. For every dollar that goes into the space program, I bet we get millions back. And people don't understand that. It's huge, 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 huge. Um, so I got to see a lot of things in my life. I mean, we went from barely having television to now having all this multimedia all over the place. You know, I can watch much higher definition, better sound quality on my cell phone than I could on a expensive, super expensive TV. So thankful for? Just thankful for the time I was born, the place I was born, the people I was exposed to as a child. I had some great, great educators in my life. Thankful that I'm, I didn't get meningitis when I was 11 months old like my sister did because who knows how she could have turned out. She might have been a doctor or a housewife or who knows what. I or, mean, and, I mean, hate to say housewife or mother or whatever. And she's, you know, has a limited life. And so I'm just thankful to be here and be doing what I'm doing and have the freedom I have to do what I do and the job I have and the people I work with and the money I make. I'm thankful for all of it. My yeah. kids, my grandkids, you know, everything. And the, I think it's really cool the way you take the things that you've learned and apply them in your life and um, use them to improve your circumstances. You could have gotten upset about, you know, the moment with your sister and gone a completely different direction. So I think that's really cool. Um, I think your modest upbringing really um, changed a lot about the way you see people. I think that's fascinating. And then um, I also kind of wonder a little bit more about maybe a life, we kind of skipped over a little bit, but um, besides the podcast being a life goal, so in 10 years from now, what what would you like to say that you accomplished? To be, to, to be totally candid, I don't have any 10-year goal. Okay. I mean, I see myself probably still needing to work at my job or something similar. I see myself uh, still traveling. I see myself um, still enjoying the grandkids and kids. Um, I see myself trying new things like podcasts, writing a book. I, I have a book that's almost finished that I need to finish um, to see if it, you know, th this whole, I'm in this phase now in my life where I'm putting myself out there a lot more. I'm, I'm less concerned about my career for the sake of the career. I mean, even at work, I told a woman the other day that one of my favorite things now in my job isn't my job duties as much as it is my mentoring of other people because now I'm, I've transitioned from having to be the go-getter, the person that knows everything, the person that's in charge and blah, blah, blah. I still am in charge, but I, I see myself shifting into a position of more a mentor and a, and a helper. And, a, and like you talked about before, you know, we came away from your planners conference, you know, with the idea that you wanted to participate in other people's lives in a positive way right. to help them achieve their objectives and goals. And so that's really where kind of I'm at. 
But at the same time, I do want to do a podcast and see, does it work? I mean, we might do five episodes and they might bomb or we might get, we might get bored with it. I mean, I'll post as many, I don't care how many listeners we have. I'll post as many as I, we make as long until we get, until we get sick, until we get sick of making them. I want to finish my book just to prove a couple things. One, that I had the tenacity that I know I have to finish a project like that. It's huge. I mean, I've got 65,000 words or so, so written already. So are you consistently writing so in it? I was up until the events of last month that we won't get into okay. here. Yeah, just keep doing new stuff. I mean, I used to write poetry all the time, and I threw a lot of it away. I want to try to either recreate or start that broad project over again. I'm putting that um, down as a book future, of poems. future okay. project, future um, topic. So, yeah, I mean, really exploring my artsy side, and I mean, I, am, I might not be good at art. I mean, that, that's a possibility. You know, you got this left brain, right brain um, bias in the world, and, you know, Andrea is an artist, and, and my daughter Georgia is an artist, and they're wired differently than I am, and is that just something I can't overcome, or is it something I can't overcome? So I'm curious to find out. I mean, I really am curious to see how many listeners we'll end up with. And if it's, if the podcast is something I can be proud of and it's funny and entertaining, you know, this is, I'm droning on and on about it. You are. And I like but, it though, because but, I'm uh, learning from you. Uh, I, I really am. I'm very interested to see where all this goes and where this book thing might go and where other projects maybe I may or may not get into. So yeah, that's, that's how I want to spend the rest of my life. I mean, I'm going to live somewhere between another two minutes and 25 years max. And so, it's going to be more than two and minutes. So, and you have an ER nurse right here, and you okay, are not so dying. Live, you know, yeah, twelve minutes. You're going to get to the hospital or, first. or twenty-five years. So, okay. I've accepted that as a challenge to say, okay, what can I do in the next twelve minutes to twenty-five years? I like it. Okay, I thought I was done with your interview, but I thought about one more question that's going to be really hard for you. Okay. Because you have to answer in one word. Okay. It's a two-part question, so you get you actually. So I get two. two I was going to say, you get two yeah, words. I have to answer a two-part question okay. with one word. I'm going to one one word that. for each okay. of them. Okay. I want you to tell me what keeps you up at night, and what gets you up in the morning. Okay. What keeps me up at night? I so hate to say this out loud. All right, one word. Let's have it. Trump. <laughs> Okay, so that was, I mean, it's an honest answer, and obviously it's a topic we can talk about later. So, what gets you up in the morning? One word. It's so hard for George to come up with one word, you guys. I wish you could see what he looked like on his face right now. That's why I'm glad this is a podcast and not a video cast. No, I, I, have a lot, I, have, I have a lot of different words, and I'm trying to select the one that's most representative of actually what I believe or feel. It's hard to think of one word, isn't it? He's thinking, you guys. Not silent space. Obligation. I like it. The reason I get up in the morning is because of obligation. I like it. Good answer. Do you have anything else you'd like to add to this that we should know about you? No, you already know too much. <laughs> for my comfort zone. <laughs> so, You're I'm right. good. I'm You're good. Right. And I do know that George likes a double-decker peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And it's really fun to watch him eat because he eats super fast. Which is... Like blew my mind because we took like a five minute break a little while ago and he scarfed it down. I've never seen anybody eat such a big sandwich so fast in all of my life. And I didn't even ask him, but with George, you always get a story. So I learned a little bit about his schooling while he was eating the sandwich. So you always learn a little bit from George every time you're around him. So that sums up our interview bio with George And I'm very thankful for the time that we got to talk about these things. And I appreciate everything I learned from you. 
And so, I appreciate everything I learned from you. Thank you. Because so, I did learn some things from you today. After after this uh, podcast episode, we're going to tell each other to be kind, be kind to, to yourself. yourself. Good job. Right, Thanks for listening. The theme music is courtesy of Mr. Scruff. Some photography is courtesy of Photographs by Andrea. Talk in Turns and its content is produced by George Knapp and Lacey Atkinson and is protected by a copyright and therefore any misuse, redistribution, or copying of the content without the expressed written consent of the producers is most likely illegal. Please don't steal our stuff. The opinions expressed on Talk in Turns are solely those of the speaking participants and in no way reflect the opinions of our employers, partners, sponsors, associates, or affiliated groups. These include but are not limited to RSI Incorporated and photographs by Andrea. Look for us on the web at Facebook and Instagram and be sure to check out our website at www.talkinturns.com. That's T-A-L-K-N-T-U-R-N-S. Dot com. And remember, be kind to yourself.